give away his surprises. So uh, it's going to be fun. But um, I'm going to share, first of all, if you have your Bibles, turn open to uh, Matthew chapter 1. And while you do that, I'm just going to pray. Oh, Lord, once again, we are so grateful to be your children. And we are asking, Lord, for revelation. We're asking for that spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you more, to fall more deeply in love with you, to be more in awe with you. It's our heart's desire. We're giving you that permission. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts deeply tonight. Keep on touching us. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. I want to talk about Joseph for a moment. Um, Interesting that the, the book of Matthew... Uh, that rendition of the Christmas story really talks about Joseph. It looks at Joseph in Luke that we're going to read in a minute. That's that actually looks much more at Mary, but this is this is focusing much more on Joseph. Starting with verse eighteen, it says, "This is how Jesus Christ came to be born. His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they came to live together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit." Her husband Joseph, being an upright man and wanting to spare her disgrace, decided to divorce her informally. And I'll just stop here to say that there's there's a lot of reasons why uh, that have a lot to do with culture. I'm not going to get into that too much tonight. But just to say that Joseph was actually trying to do the really noble thing. The noble, uh, gentlemanly thing. Even though it sounds like it's kind of maybe mean. It's like, no, he was trying to do something that that uh, was best for Mary uh, with this very unusual circumstance. So, uh, But let me keep going. He had made up his mind to do this when suddenly, one of those suddenlies, an angel shows up. That's going to change your day or your life, perhaps. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because she has conceived what is in her by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you must name him Jesus. Because he is the one who is to save his people from their sins. And now all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. This is the prophet Isaiah. And and, uh, this is the prophecy. Look, the virgin is with child. And will give birth to a son whom they will call Emmanuel, a name which means God is with us. This is, this is the whole miracle that we celebrate every single year is how is it that this infinite, amazing God who created the earth, everything that we can see, all the things we can't see, how did that God choose to come and be with us in a person. That's the miracle, is that he came as a person to come and actually do for us what we could not do for ourselves. But he came as a person to, to identify with us in every way possible. And so, this is, uh, this is the, uh, the kicker here. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had told him to do. See, we're going to, all of us are going to have encounters with God. I understand we're not all going to have a face-to-face angelic encounter. Many of you, many in this room have had encounters like that. But but we are going to encounter God. There are going to be times when in our spirits we know what he's asking us to do. And we do have a choice. Every single one of us in this room has a choice. And, And Joseph chose well. He chose to do what the angel of the Lord told him to. He took his wife to his home. He had not had intercourse with her while she while she gave birth to a son and he named him Jesus. So Joseph, um, he chose to do what the Lord said. How many of you know that was not an easy choice? And there was a lot of ramifications to that. A lot of um, disgrace, some things he had to to bear from people that did not understand, that did not know what God had done. 
And he couldn't explain it to everybody. He just had to walk the walk and live this. Thank you. So uh, that's that's Joseph's story. I'm going to keep this part really short. I just the main point of what I wanted to tell you is that Joseph encountered God. He had a choice, and his answer was yes, God. I want you to. Uh, we're going to watch a video about Emmanuel, God with us.
can't see out the back. All right, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read it to you from Luke 1, um, 26, so verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. The other night, I got a chance to really meditate on who Mary was. I was challenged to think about this this amazing woman, although she doesn't she doesn't come across like amazing, like in our pictures and sometimes, you know, what we've seen of her, um, she's, what, this, she's got this blue veil on and she's got this ecstatic face and, and she's just so, so sweet, you know, and she is, I'm, I'm sure she was, but we were, I was challenged to think about who she was and, um, and I, as I spent time with the Lord, thinking about her, it dawned on me what a strong woman she was. Strong in character, strong in her faith. Because some of the things that she said, the, the few things that are recorded about her um, display this strength of character and faith, this this resolve. And um, so when you, when I looked at her life, it, it hit me that here's this woman who says yes to something that the Lord wants her to do, and yet in that day and age, she was she knew she was going to be ostracized. There was no way. There was no way she didn't know she was going to get talked about. That she was going to, people were going to take sidelong glances at her and go, right? Or in even in her, her betrothed, he was going to be talked about. And then even her son, Jesus, was going to be talked about all because of a choice that she made. And I was like, wow, God, she had guts. She had guts. She was like, she had guts to challenge the angel. She said, wait, how, wait, time out. How is this going to happen if I'm not, you know, I, have, I've, I haven't even slept with my husband? How else is going to happen? And in the past, when you challenged angels, seemed like they um, they took it out on you. You know, there was Jacob, or I think it was pretty much Jacob, and he had to wrestle with them. You know, and yet Mary got to just ask the question, say, "Hey, 
How's this going to happen? And the angel answered her sweetly <laughs> or truthfully how it was going to happen. But she had guts to say something. She, she <sighs> So I'm, I'm amazed at what she said and, and the strength of her character. And, um, and then the strength of her faith. Have you ever thought about how, what experiences Mary had to have had with God before this, before this even happened? Yeah, we, they say that she was really young. Okay, that's cool. Us, our youngins are having experiences with God all the time. And so what experiences did she have with God that when a messenger comes and delivers an amazing message to her, she readily agrees. She believes him. Granted, she does go out and check up on her cousin, but it's like, what amazing experiences did this woman have that her faith was so strong that she knew who her God was, that he wasn't going to let her down, that he had her back, that he was going to be there for her in this amazing, amazing declaration that she would be the mother of God. She had to, she had to have had experiences with him that maybe weren't face-to-face -face like right then with the angel, but she had to have that, um, that knowing in her spirit that God was going to be there. So I'm, I'm like, God, what did she know? What did she, you know, what was it in, in her heart? But we don't know that part. But what we do know is that she, not only John or Joseph, her husband, but she was also from the line and genealogy of David. And who was David? He was a man after God's own heart. That's how he's known. And God chooses a young woman from that same line when he sees that heart, that, that heart after his own heart. He sees that in Mary. So yeah, we don't know what happened to her in the years prior to the angel, but there was something already in her heart being birthed and growing. So that when the angel came, she's like, okay, may it be to me, as you have said. And then the angel left her. So then Mary runs out, and she visits her um, cousin, Elizabeth, who, by the way, um, you know, as I was reading this, I didn't realize that um, Elizabeth, was married to Zechariah. Elizabeth and Zechariah are um, um, John the Baptist's parents. And um, they were both priests. So I was thinking, wow, you know what? Mary probably learned a lot from Elizabeth about the amazingness of God. Okay, they have a priest right in the family. They're probably, you know, women at that time were not allowed to, you know, um, learn the Torah or whatever. But they listened to bits and pieces, and they got to worship. And so I'm like, okay, okay, God, you're, you're setting Mary up. She knows all about you. She knows she has a, the history that she does have with you and that she knows is about your goodness, about your power, about your strength. And this gets more cemented in her heart, so much so that she, after she visits her, or as she's visiting her cousin, she amazingly says, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been merciful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, Holy is his name, 
His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has set the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. This from a lady, from a young woman who was just told, you know what, you're going to bear the Son of God, and she's thinking in her mind, oh my. All she's thinking is, oh my, my God is good. He's got my back. He has displayed it time and time and time again, and he's displaying it in my life. Oh my God, this Mary is a lot stronger than I thought. She is amazing. This this strength of character, this faith that she has, and what she sees, you know, she's saying, be it unto me according to your will, knowing what she's going to go through, what her family will go through, and yet she says yes to the Lord. And so I just, I wanted to propose just a little bit, just maybe some food for thought as uh as I was thinking about Mary and um, and Jesus, her son. Let's go. That that when Jesus said And he, and he agreed to go to the cross. But um, as he, you know, he was struggling in the garden and, and he was saying, you know, Lord, um, this is, this is going to be hard. He was struggling with the Father and he was struggling and, and, um, and he said, but not my will, but your will be done. That, um, that he learned that from his mother. That he was able to say that because his mother said that. That Mary, when she is declaring this and dancing prophetically, I think she was, I don't know, she's talking to her cousin, but she, when she says, be it unto me according to your word. She was also um, fulfilling the expression, but for the joy set before her, she endured that cross, that part, for the rest of her life. an amazing, an amazing woman. Okay. So on a, on a personal note, um, you know, God's, God has a way of setting you up. So the title of this, this, uh, sermon message. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a tent of meeting. Did you guys know that um, uh, Tammy was on here and shared this with me, I think, the other night? And she said how um, everybody couldn't get into the tent of meeting with Moses. And so their shawls, their prayer shawls or their shawls, um, when they looped it over their heads, it acted as their own personal tent of meeting. I thought that was really cool. I, I didn't know that before. So I was like, okay, God. Over my head, and I'm having this 
personal time with the Lord. And I'm like, God, why are you showing me this about Mary? You know, about her strength, about her faith. And uh, I didn't get a complete answer, but I did get a, a, uh, a snippet. And I don't know what God has in store for it, but... Um, Earlier in the day, I had uh, someone had asked me, well, "Who would you want to meet?" You know, meeting someone for you know, personality famous personality. Who would you want to meet? And I, you know, I, I made a joke about wanting to meet Joe Montana at one point and trying to invite him to uh, Mary Jo. Oh, she's not here. Mary Joe's birthday party. <laughs> this was in college, and um, but but that was the year. That was the one game we went to where they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Ray Worshin missed a field goal, and and they lost that one game. They went 16 and one that year, and uh, and that was the game I saw. But anyway, all that to say that the team was not happy, and as I'm leaning over the side and Brent's holding me, I'm going Joe, Joe, and um, but nobody was looking up at me because they were all. You know, distraught or whatever. They were disappointed. Never mind. That was that was so totally, totally sidetracked. But um, <laughs> you know, God, you know, God does that. You know, but then all of a sudden He gets serious with me, and He's and He remind. All of a sudden, I find myself saying, "I would love to meet my grandmothers when they um, were in World War II." And um, and I'm thinking, why did I say that? I had never that thought had never crossed my mind to go back in time and meet my grandmothers because they were amazing women. Um, my one my one grandma um, my one my grandfather my paternal grandfather uh, was in a concentration camp and he um, um, my grandmother got to take care of him. And so, and and during this time, both my grandmothers were having children, you know, while the enemy was occupying their country. It was like, oh my, who were these women? What kind of strength did they have? And so I'm, I'm thinking, I'm in, I'm in this tent of meeting, and I'm like, Lord, um, I'm no, nothing like Mary. Why are you, why do you have me thinking about her and thinking about these qualities? And then... He reminds me of these amazing women in my life, kind of like David for Mary, that these women were strong and they were courageous, and they overcame major obstacles, you know, and they cared for their family. There was a strength and a resolve inside them that, um, that couldn't be beaten down. And I get to be the recipient of that. I, I here I am, because of those women and, uh, and my grandfathers too, and my parents. <laughs> and so um, Yahweh Papa was just reminding me. He's like, it's like, honey, that's what's in you. tender. And so as you guys think about your own, I don't know if your background or, or some of the promises God's spoken to you, or some of the areas that God is challenging your, um, not challenging you, but strengthening your character, you know, what dimension of your character, what facet of your character is the Lord working on? He knows that there's already something inherent in there that is good, that is righteous, that is strong, that is faithful. And he's there. He's going to back you up.
Suzanne uh, shared with me last night what, what she just shared with you. All of a sudden, a lot of things started making sense. Um, I've learned in my life that when I'm preparing a message and it doesn't come together, there's a reason for it. Um, doesn't happen all that often. Usually, usually I know a lot of what you know of what I want to talk about. Um, I, I, it's usually pretty clear. But there are a few times, and this week was one of those where, I mean, I had, I, I had five different sermons that none of them were right. I just kept trying something new, and no, that's not it, that's not it. Suzanne comes home and shares, and I said, that's it. She's supposed to talk. (laughs) Um, And you're a whole lot more like Mary than you know. Though you are perfectly Suzanne. So... Mary and Joseph, they got a clear word from God, each one of them, didn't they? I mean, couldn't be much more clear, could it? Um, They both said yes to God, right, in their own way. So therefore, from that point on, everything's just going to be super easy and peachy keen for them, isn't it? Wait, isn't that what happens? We hear from God, we say yes, and then everything's just perfect. <laughs> oh wait, that's not that's not what happened. Okay, uh, you know, they encountered some really hard circumstances, but I want to take this to something where I think you can appreciate it more. So Mary's eight or nine months pregnant, something like that, and suddenly they have to go to Bethlehem. That I've been in Israel several times. 
I was in a van and we traveled from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. It's a long ways in a van going 50, 60 miles per hour. Um, it took them a long time. And, and she's, you know, really close to having a baby. That was a really uncomfortable journey. Can you just hear him going, really, God? Did that have to come up right then? I mean, you, you know all things. You could have planned the pregnancy a little bit different where I wasn't eight or nine months pregnant when we had to have this long journey. Then they get there. Oh, sorry. There's just not a room for you anywhere. R- really, God? Not a room. Really. Honestly, you know, <laughs> they did what he said. They said yes to him. There, she's carrying the Son of God. Clearly, Lord, you're just going to open up every door so that everything's really easy for us, right? Wouldn't you think? And then, then they, they a couple years down the road, Jesus is still a toddler, and they have to flee to Egypt so that he doesn't get killed. They had, I mean, I'm just bringing up a few points. They, it was not easy for them. And they heard God clearly, and they said yes to what he said. So, I want to encourage you who have said yes to God. <laughs> not, not that I'm not speaking on your life one really hard circumstance after another, but I am telling you that God has his ways. He has his reasons. He will see you through the really tough stuff, even when you said yes to him, even when you're going through stuff that you never thought you would go through. I talk to people all the time. I never thought I'd be in this place, whether it's whether it's losing a house, whether it's going through a divorce, whether it's, you know, a, a child that's, that's sick or losing someone that you love. And I just never thought, I didn't think this was going to be part of the plan. What did I do wrong? You know, m- most of the time the answer is absolutely nothing. I realize, I realize we can make choices that, that put us in some pretty bad places. But you know what? If that's the case, you would know it. You have, a, you have the Holy Spirit that lives in you who, who lets you know, you know, that, that was a really bad decision. There's some reasons why you're where you are, but as you turn to me, I'll walk you through those and, and I'll see you through that and we'll, we'll, we'll turn this thing around. But for most of us, you know, life circumstances, stuff that happens that just isn't what you thought, especially when you stepped out, you, you moved to that place that God told you to move to and you took that job he said to take, whatever it was, you know, you said yes to what to what to really what you thought he said, and then things don't seem like they're working out so so hot. Um, I just want to tell you, I want to encourage you not to jump to that place. Well, I must have missed God, and I must have done something wrong. Mary and Joseph could have jumped there really easily. Maybe, maybe that was just all in my imagination. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was a pizza dream or something. Uh, maybe it wasn't the Son of God. No, they, they, they were on the right track. So I just want to encourage you with that. Um, I got, we got one more, one more song we're going to enjoy tonight together. And uh, the last one, actually, we're going to sing together. But this one, we'll just, we'll just enjoy this one.
always know how the things are going to work out. You know, when you say yes to God, what we do know is they are going to work out, that he, he is a good Papa. He's going to see you through it. Um, but I can also, I also want to tell you that uh, so often we make the journey so individualistic that, that it's, it's about me and my walk with God. And while that's really important, you know, for each one of you in your own walk with God, it's actually so much bigger than that. Um, and the, the, the very last point I want to make is just to talk about Simeon and Anna for a minute. You guys remember them? It's in Luke chapter 2. Um, Simeon, this is, this is pretty amazing stuff. Simeon, it's chapter 2. Um, Verse 25, now in Jerusalem there was a man named Simeon. 
He was an upright and devout man, and he looked forward to the restoration of Israel. So he looked forward to the things God looked forward to, Israel being restored. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. And remember, this is pre-New Covenant. So the Holy Spirit isn't given as a gift to live inside us like we have, but the Holy Spirit rested upon him. And to those that wanted God, the Holy Spirit rested often and showed up. And so this was one of those that God just rested on this man. Uh, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had set eyes on the Christ, on the Christ the Lord. So prompted by the Spirit, he came to the temple. Backing up, the story is Jesus, they're in Bethlehem. Jesus is born. They need to go um, present him at the temple. Um, he needs to be presented 40 days later at the temple. So there they are in Jerusalem, and here's Simeon, who happens to be there at the very same moment, just happens to be, because the Holy Spirit says, now, go, go now. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the law required, Simeon took Jesus into his arms and blessed God, and he said, now, Master, you are letting your servant go in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen the salvation which you have made ready in the sight of the nations, a light of revelation for the Gentiles and glory for your people, Israel. Now, have you ever, do you ever just read right through that? Or do you, I, I think about things like this and I say, how did he know that that was the child? He and Anna, who we're going we're gonna to read about in just a second, they, they absolutely studied. Anna was in the temple night and day, so she heard the, the, uh, the teachings all the time. They studied. They knew things from the Old Testament. They knew the Messiah was coming. They knew a Savior was coming. They knew a shepherd was coming. I, I, if we had time, I'd go over them all because the, the prophecies are amazing. But they knew those things. So their hearts were filled with expectation, but because they were so in touch with God, because they so wanted what God wanted, he said, just like Suzanne said earlier, I love that heart. I love that heart that wants me. And because of that, I'm going to speak to you in ways that are miraculous. Like, go to the temple right now. Because there's a child right there. This is the one you've been waiting your whole life to see. This is the one I promised you. And there he is. And as the child's father and mother marveled at the things that were being said about him, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. So here comes a prophetic word from Simeon to Mary. Look, Jesus is destined for the fall and for the rise of many in Israel, destined to be a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce your soul too, Mary, so that the secret thoughts of many may be laid bare. How many of you think that maybe if that was your prophecy, you'd say, I'm not sure I want that word. I'm not sure I like that one. And yet that's exactly what happened. Her soul was pierced as she sat at the foot of the cross and watched Jesus fulfill the Father's word just as she has chosen to do as well. And then there's Anna, who was there. She's 80-some years old. She'd been a widow most of her life. She's in the temple night and day. And she came up just at that moment. Verse 38. And began to praise God. And she spoke of the child to all who looked forward to the deliverance of Jerusalem. So if you can imagine, they're having a little prayer, you know, a little prayer... Um, and prophetic party there, you know, in the temple. And there's Simeon taking the child and declaring something. And there's Anna just around him going, Oh, God, you've been telling me about this. I've been waiting for this. Here it is. Woo! She's worshiping. She's celebrating. And here's the amazing thing. Their lives, what they were prophesying at that moment, they were soon, they were going to die not long after that. I don't know how many years later, but not a whole lot longer after that. And yet, and yet what they were carrying in their hearts all those years got 
transferred over into Mary and Joseph. And they carried the promise. See, this is way bigger than just your life and my life and what we're doing here on the earth. We're taking the promise and we're passing it on. Because there's a big story being told of Jesus throughout all of history. And, and this will explain, I really think this explains sometimes when, oftentimes, when people die, they go to be with the Lord. They go from life to more life. And we say, darn it, their, their life wasn't done yet. There was promises in their life. They weren't fulfilled. That's what we feel. And the Lord says, no, you don't understand. They get fulfilled by the next generation and the next. Every single word I speak comes back to me fulfilling everything I have designed for it. Nothing comes back to me empty or void without fulfilling what I said it would fulfill. We're passing it along. So, it also that also kind of takes the pressure off a little, doesn't it? The world isn't dependent on you, you know, to save it. Jesus already did that. You're just playing your part. And, and you're faithfully doing your part. And God says, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I so love that heart that wants me. Keep going. Keep going. And watch what I do through you. But just understand, I've been doing it for generations. I'll do it after you. Because I'm God. I'm good. I know what I'm doing. This is all going someplace. It's all going to the day that every knee bows. Every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we'll all play our part in that. Day's coming. <laughs> so, lots to think about tonight. We just have a good God. That's what I want you to get out of this. It is. A, it is all a God setup. Your life is a God setup. Did you know that? Like, if you ever think you're out there by yourself floundering, can I tell you that's not true? God wouldn't have. Wouldn't hear of it. He wouldn't have that for you. He says, no, I know that you don't always see me. You don't always know what's going on. But trust me, like a little child, trust me. I'm good. I'm for you. I'm doing amazing things in your life. Let's keep going. So with that, we're going to sing a song together to end tonight. just really feel like tonight, even with Donna, when we shared earlier, you know, it's uh, with celebrating Donna's life. This is just kind of a, a, a more of a family time, just like next Saturday will be for those of you who come. And um, so we're going to we're gonna stand and, and sing a song together. You can go ahead and stand now. Probably some of you were waiting for that like half hour ago. So, um, but uh, we're going to sing Oh Holy Night together um, because Jesus deserves it. And just so you know, as you're, as you're worshiping him, just know that you are part of this story, of his story. You're a big part of it. Just, just keep going. And then when we're done, I'll just tell you now. When we're done singing, well, I do, I do have one benediction. And then we're just going to enjoy each other. Just give, give, give some people hugs and enjoy the Lord together.
I just want to read you this as a benediction from Luke 2, verses 13 and 14. And all at once with the angel, there was a great throng of the hosts of heaven, praising God with the words, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace for those he favors. For those that he extends grace and goodwill towards. So I declare over you, over the depth of your heart, the peace of Jesus. The peace of Jesus. The peace of Jesus. Over your minds. From having to figure it all out. He says, peace. Shalom. I'm with you. The peace of God over your soul. Over your emotions. He says, peace. Shalom. I am with you. Do not be afraid because I favor you. My grace is extended towards you because I am your really good Papa who loves you. So go in the peace of the Lord and would you just greet some people and give them the peace and the love of Jesus. Amen. Oh, 